0: You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. Breaking down the sum of Liverpool's parts part two by Leroy Ma. Any back line, let alone the back five of Liverpool, will face adversities in the form of high initial presses, trying to lay the foundation for attacks. Jurgen Klopp's system for Liverpool works in a multitude of ways in order to overcome these adversities as mentioned in part one. But nevertheless, football is still a team game. It goes without saying that the five players in the aforementioned positions, both of the centre-backs and the full-backs, as well as the deep-lying midfielder who drops deeper, face a multitude of risks when trying to advance possession from the defensive third into the midfield areas. From high presses to inherent risks during certain areas of the pitch, as well as the severity of individual errors, should they occur, there are instances where the back five cannot uphold the burden alone. This is where the midfielders come into play. By default, midfielders are seen as players who are responsible for matters at both ends of the pitch, though in terms of building up play, they are the players who link the defence to the forwards in simplistic terms. Adding a layer above the back three. As mentioned in the first part of the article, the back three often suffers from teams who press high up the pitch, teams who are willing to push players up and rely on pace for their own midfielders to drop back quickly and defend in transition. If three players are deployed to chase down each player in the back three, for example, it could spell trouble for Liverpool. This means that unless the back line of Liverpool can consistently beat their marker and drive up the pitch with the ball at their feet, passes between them will more likely be lateral ones, from side to side of the pitch this delays build-up play meaning that even if opposing teams give in to the slower build-up and drop back to defend there will still be at least 10 men behind the ball which makes it difficult for Liverpool to get into good positions in the final third moreover losing the ball while trying to get the ball upfield by attempting to dribble past opposing markers will put Liverpool in a horrible spot also mentioned earlier was the fullbacks who could be a way out for the back three both on and off the ball, making the three forwards in an assumed 4-3-3 formation make a decision on how they structure themselves during the high press, almost all of which seems unfavourable for them. The problem gets significantly higher, however, when opposing teams send a flock of players up the pitch to press. This is when full-backs don't always become the best outlet for the back three. By virtue of their position and the area covered by them, The risks that full-backs face due to their game being played primarily near the sidelines, midfielders do not. Winning the midfield battle is not simply a phrase being thrown around for kicks and giggles simply because the zones covered by the midfield areas can dictate which team will be in control. Even without having the ball, a good midfield who is able to nullify another midfield from consistently advancing play up the pitch can be seen as the more successful team. For Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, the two midfielders who play in more advanced positions compared to Jordan Henderson has rotated between three players for the most part. Jorginho Wijnaldum, Emre Can and Adam Lallana. The different combinations of the above results in different roles being carried out by each of them. But the underlying objectives remain the same. With that said, while Liverpool appear to be losing a man in midfield after Jordan Henderson drops back in to join the backline, it doesn't mean that they lose midfield control, because the book doesn't stop there. To build on the numerical advantage, we often see one of the two midfielders dropping to create a back four once again, this time with two centre-backs and two midfielders, all of whom have some ability to get the ball into midfield areas. This is usually done when the full-backs are in higher areas of the pitch, whereby the back three might require help from midfielders by getting them to receive the ball deeper down the pitch. Essentially, the the three-at-the-back formation can easily shapeshift to become a 2-2, with Jordan Henderson stepping up slightly and the deeper central midfielder dropping to either side to form a double pivot. This makes it difficult for opposing strikers to press as they cannot pose a threat by simply running in straight lines horizontally across the pitch, as, say, in a flat-back four. I should say at this point that there are some very, very helpful images which Leroy has included here, which you can check out on Anfieldindex.com. Versus Stoke. The example above highlights the first scenario, whereby we see Jorginho Wijnaldum, who looks to stay in the same line as Jordan Henderson, to form a double pivot, with the latter stepping up from centre-back. Also note how far up James Milner has pushed, but essentially the structure above makes it more difficult for all three of Stoke's players to press the back line. Versus Bournemouth. The second scenario would be when the fullbacks have pushed much higher than midfield, and instead of converging in the middle to form a double pivot, the deeper central midfielder drags wide and occupies the vacated fullback spot instead. This forces opposing teams to decide if their winger or wide player should track Liverpool's midfielders' movements to the fullback spot, or if a midfielder of their own should do so. Uncoordinated teams will struggle, coping with the required adaptation, and will thus have their pressing structures disrupted. Otherwise, coordinated teams will have to weigh the pros and cons from either of their decisions. Deploying a winger would mean possible overloads towards their own full-backs should Liverpool advance play quickly, while deploying a midfielder would mean exposing the central areas of midfield. The other midfielder, who shall henceforth be referred to as the advanced midfielder, acts as the link-up player between the defence and the attacking midfielders, and is tasked with making delayed drops into deeper areas of the pitch, typically assumed by Adam Lalana and sometimes Jorginho Wijnaldum. This entails a 2-1 midfield, rather than the 1-2 structure on paper. Versus Bournemouth. An example of the 2-1 structure, as seen above, with two passing triangles formed when the centre-back is included. The objective is to allow the ball to be built up by the centre-back and midfielder pairings first, before adding another man in build-up play. If they were to make earlier runs down the pitch and an opposing midfielder tracks this link-up player, that would mean that an additional opposing player is present to press the players involved in the initial build-up. Here, because Wijnaldum is already out of the view of the three Bournemouth players, should a pass be made to him... Three of them will essentially be taken out of the game, at least momentarily. Versus Stoke, another 2 1 midfield setup, with Adam Lalana being the advanced midfielder who's able to choose when, if at all, to drop deeper down the pitch closer to Jordan Henderson to assist in build up play. In short, this link up player would make delayed runs down the pitch instead. This achieves multiple things. The first being that if both of these advanced midfielders drop simultaneously, It becomes easier for opposing midfielders to track the movement as well. When one drops, the other will as well. The next would be to confuse players who are in the midst of pressing the players deeper down the pitch. Say the first midfielder drops and already attracts another opposing player to press him. When the second midfielder drops, but at a later time, it means that rotating players around to cover becomes even more difficult. As mentioned earlier, when the timing of the drop is delayed, it becomes less predictable for oppositions to know when to track a player and or when to rotate a player around to sufficiently mark each of Liverpool's players. Completing passing triangles out wide. A consistent trend in Liverpool's play has been how the players operate in wide areas. Gone are the days of the traditional setup, whereby a winger would look to take on his respective defender one-on-one while the corresponding fullback or wing-back overlaps to confuse defenders or force errors during the rotation of marking before ultimately putting a cross into the box. With the increased emphasis on utilising the wide areas without an over-reliance on crosses by Jurgen Klopp, passing triangles being formed in wide areas have become a common theme. As this section covers only the midfielder's role in those triangles, the functions of the full-backs and the wide players will be referenced in a smaller scale. The most obvious case of Liverpool's midfielders being involved in passing triangles in wide areas are on Liverpool's right flank, with Adam Lalana often being the midfielder who pushes wide to support Sadio Mane and Nathaniel Klein versus Sunderland. Often sticking to the half space just outside the box, the advanced midfielder, i.e., Adam Lalana, will be looking to receive the infield pass from either of the aforementioned wide players and subsequently tried to play the through-ball infield to link up play. Ultimately, the objective here is to get either Mane or Klein into an advantageous position in the half-space inside the box. On the left flank, these passing triangles also exist, but serve a different purpose, simply because of Felipe Coutinho's tendencies when he plays on the left, by playing much more narrow than a typical left-sided winger or forward would. This movement in-field vacates space on the left side of the attack for other teammates to occupy. And once again, as this part focuses on the midfielders, the role of the left-back specifically will be covered in a later piece. With that said, the midfielder tasked with supporting play on the left flank has two options as the whole. To either be slightly conservative as the left-back drives into the vacated space, or to take up the vacated space himself. An example of a more conservative take in the role would be what Jorginho Wijnaldum does as a player who isn't blessed with pace. A more conservative role suits him far better. When Felipe Coutinho cuts in field, and when James Milner bombs down the left flank, he opts to stick closer to the corner, just outside the box. This allows him to do two things, for the most part. Firstly, he can still be the link between the left-sided full back and the left-sided attacking midfielder who's cut in field similar to what occurs on the right side with Adam Nalana. However, the onus of putting players in the position to utilise the half-space on the left side is not being placed on someone like Jorginho Wijnaldum too much, given how great a player like Felipe Coutinho is in doing so. Secondly, with the left-sided fullback pushing up nearing the byline, the midfielder is ready to drop back in the event that the ball is lost and the opposing team breaks on the counter. The second option is is for the midfielder on the left side to drive into the void left on the left flank himself. Or at least, put himself in a position to do so. Emory Chan has a higher tendency of doing this due to his dribbling ability. Versus Crystal Palace. Here Emery Chan begins to pull wide as Alberto Moreno occupies the half space. Both these things happen after Felipe Coutinho has already drifted in field. Again, versus Crystal Palace. Felipe Coutinho and Emery Chan have essentially swapped positions. While Emery Chan isn't expected to deliver the pinpoint cross, the movement out wide allows him to be the free man, which opposing defenders have to be wary of. Should one of their players opt to charge out to close him down when he goes to the ball, it puts Chan in an advantageous position, given that he just has to read the defender's direction and push the ball away from him to beat his man. This also forces defensive structures to move and adapt, when the defender charges out to close a free Emery shot down. The varying roles that the two midfielders playing higher up than Jordan Henderson provides for a higher level of flexibility in terms of adapting to the different situations. This is also why a player like Jorginho Wijnaldum is a vital asset to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side, given how flexible he is to be able to suit different positions and for tactical reasons as well this can also be said about other midfielders who have played to different extents when build-up play appears to be stagnant either a midfielder can drop to form a double pivot with jordan henderson or drop either side of the fullback to form a flat four pushing more naturally wide players higher up the pitch when oppositions deploy overloads high up the pitch in wide areas either of the two midfielders can drift out to create the passing triangles necessary to overcome this needless to say in terms of build up play, the back three are assisted by both the fullbacks and the midfielders available. However, with inherent limitations and a higher degree of predictability, fullbacks can only do so much. This is where the midfield function comes into play to ease the pressure of high presses or targeted isolations from opposing teams. With possession successfully built up, the next sequence of play would be to attack, attack, and attack. Now, having listened to some 15 minutes of Leroy's detailed technical analysis and tactical analysis, the last thing you need is a chance like me pretending to be on the same wavelength when it comes to the breakdown of the beautiful game. I will say that I'm going to have to go back and read that again because, hey, look, I'm Ron Burgundy. I just read what I see in front of me. I want to go back and look at the lovely pictures and see if I can follow it. So... uh cheers for that Leroy I am on my way back to see can I engage with this properly and come out a wiser man at the end of it thank you for listening to AI Audible you can read this episode's article along with many others on AnfieldIndex.com you can download our AI channel app on iOS and Android and you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com